that I think is a huge thing that pops up. It's like, well, I want to be 130 pounds. And so I'm super discouraged. I'm a failure. I can't get there. I'll never get there. And it's like, who told you 130 pounds was the best thing for you? Is that the healthiest place mentally for you or spiritually or emotionally? Because it's holistic. And so that's some of the stuff I really work on too, is let's redefine what that goal is because a certain weight or a certain body fat percentage won't bring happiness. Welcome back to the muscle makeover. As always, I am your host, Megan Hardy, and I am here today with a very special guest, Miss Bethany Ruth. Bethany is a mama of five kiddos born within five years of each other. I didn't even know that was possible. Um, And she is also a licensed mental health therapist and mindset coach. And today we're going to talk about all the things we're going to talk about mental health, fitness and body image. We're going to talk motherhood. We're going to talk Jesus and so much more. So Bethany, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you. Glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. And we were just talking a little bit before the show, but I came across, I stumbled across Bethany's social media on Instagram. And I saw that she was a Jesus lover and a fitness lover and really big into mindset. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to follow this person. And then I saw that you have the mindset makeover, your mindset coaching business. And I was like, oh my gosh, the muscle makeover, the mindset makeover. Okay, it's a great title. It's catchy. I know. Well, thank you. So, so is yours. Um, so anyway, we're so excited to have you. And I would just love, I always want to jump in just hearing more about you and your backstory. I feel like that's one of the most interesting parts. And yeah. I would love for you to share with everyone how you got into like the fitness and health space. And then also like your mental health and, and mindset background and all the kiddos and all the things. Yeah. So, I mean, How I got into the fitness space. I don't know. Um, long story short, like I grew up as an athlete, so I played soccer in college after soccer, I transitioned to running marathons, always was super physically active, not because, and I'm thankful for this. It's never come from a place of like, my body is bad, but it's always come from a place of a genuine, genuinely enjoying moving my body. Mm. Um, so how I fell into like having, I, I guess I would have a fitness Instagram is what it would be characterized was it was after my first son and I had never lifted weights before. And I remember I was like, I won't be able to run marathons. Like I was a stay at home mom working like one day a week in the mental health field. And I didn't know how I would work it. We didn't have childcare. That was something I wanted to be home with my kids. But when you do that, then you're sacrificing some other things. And so I was like, I'm going to have to learn to lift. And I still remember my first time picking up a pair of weights. The first weighted exercise I ever did was weighted surrenders. And it was with 10 pound weights. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, this is so (laughs) hard. Um, But it lit something in me, just a fire to build, like a fire to move my body, but to also build muscle. Um, So I didn't ever intend on having a presence on social media. That's never been my intent, but I'm a verbal processor. And so for me, sharing my experiences, especially like as a therapist, is something that lights me up. I love being transparent. Mm-hmm. I love bringing other people along in that process. And so I, it kind of just happened organically. I don't, I still to this day, I'm like, why the heck do people follow me on social media? I'm like, I'm like the girl that lives two houses down whose kids are shirtless in the front yard and you hear <laughs> her telling because she can't find somebody. Like that's me. But if people want to join along and follow that, I'm here for it. And as far as like the mental health space, it's kind of, I love telling the story because um, I grew up in a really loving home, 
three older sisters, parents, my parents were there for me. It was always supported, like go work for your dream, go work for your dream. And I remember I was in college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I was like an intercultural studies major. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but I was an intercultural <laughs> studies major. And I woke up in the middle of the night because it was in between that transition period where you need to pick your major and I needed to specialize. And I was just like lost, like, God, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I've always been kind of like more of a like observer. Um, I don't like being in the forefront of attention. Like I like working behind the scenes and I like other people being in the forefront. And so it's just like, God, do I want to do something like, what does this even look like? And distinctly remember the Lord impressing on my heart, like you're going to go into psychology. And I want you to follow it through and I want you to go into counseling. And it still like makes me emotional because I've only ever had those experiences where I felt such an impression of the spirit. And for those of you who aren't believers, you're like, who the, who the heck is this crazy, bat crap, crazy, <laughs> bat crap, crazy lady is me. But, you know, I became a Christian as a 13 year old. So I remember what it felt like to not have a trusting faith in Jesus. Mm. When I accepted Jesus at 13 it was as if something completely took over me. And from that point on, I can definitely say like the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart and I mm. never want to feel what life feels like without that. But that really came to the forefront at like 19, 20 years old, when I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do with my life? So had this impression from the spirit, which again, sound like a bad crap, crazy lady. And I'm going to accept that, but <laughs> went back to school, switched my major to psychology went into counseling, went straight to grad school, and I got straight to work. So um, my first jobs, I specialized in child and adolescent psych. And so what I did was I actually went into homes where I would be with homes where kids had been removed from their family and they were being brought back in. And so I would be kind of that relationship guider between helping the kid learn to process their emotions, but then working with the parents on parenting skills, emotional health, how do we regulate? How do we do this as a family? Um, and did that as I got licensed, which is a crazy experience for those of you guys who don't know, licensed therapists go through a crap ton. Um, it's a lot. And I always say, cause I get a lot of questions like, is this a field I should go into? And it's like, if you can make it through, it's totally worth it. But those years are really, really difficult to get licensed. Um, is that a like time commitment wise or like what you're going through? I mean, ultimately you get paid like crap. (laughs) You get paid like you're working at McDonald's, yeah. but you have a master's education and, you know, you're paying your loans and you're, I mean, I think it, there were some weeks I was doing like five to six hours of supervised um, therapy myself. So you're going mm. through a certain number of hours where you're sitting with somebody going over your own stuff because you got to work on your own stuff if you're going to be able to help other people work on theirs. So it can just oh, yeah. be really, really intensive um, to get through those years. But I got pregnant with our first and I knew like I needed to change. I couldn't be going into people's homes. There were safety issues. I mean, I've had, I had so many different experiences that looking back, I'm like, holy crap, Lord, like, weren't, wasn't my husband concerned? Like, yeah. <laughs> concerned? like I had, you know, I had a knife pulled on me by a kid. I had, oh my gosh. Know, I remember one experience I was in a room and someone knocked on the door and I was sitting there working with a kid and there were drugs being sold right there, you know, and then you have to deal with the implications of what looks like mandated report. It was just, you know, all of this stuff. Um, but if you can make it through, (laughs) but I started working in outpatient then, and it was kind of in that process of becoming a mom and working in outpatient. I began to see a consistent theme with women, especially mothers coming in and feeling like their whole identity was their children. And it can be, when you become a mom, Mm -hmm. it's 
you know, it's all encompassing. It brings up all of your biggest fears, mm. but you come from a space of unhealth or you're struggling with negative lies. You're, you believe yourself, you bring those with you into motherhood. And it makes the load of trying to balance, like raising these children, but I haven't even been raised myself and how much like that creates a lot of like discomfort for people and confusion and anxiety and depression. And so that was kind of like this fuel started burning in me just for the space of women caring Mm. for the mental health of women. So as I was growing in my career, I was also growing in my love and appreciation of fitness at the same time that I was growing in my relationship with the Lord. And so there was kind of like three strands at the same time being developed, but I didn't know why. Like I didn't know why was this being cultivated? Like what was growing in me? And all I could see at the time, because I had a, I was on social media and I remember at the time, like, why am I doing this? Like, why do I share my life? Like, why am I putting myself out there? And I would go through times. I'm like, I think I'm just not going to do it anymore. And I, I couldn't explain it, but there was this, always this feeling that the Lord was like, I'm going to use this. It's just not going to happen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think things for me where all of them kind of fused together was around like 2020, which was a big year for everybody. Um, but for me, I got pregnant with like twins out of nowhere, not out of nowhere. We all know where babies come from. <laughs> Never think that you're going to get pregnant with twins unless it's something that maybe you know you have in your genetics and you're prepared for it. I had no idea. Um, and so we get pregnant with twins and our oldest, I think he was four at the time. So we had we had, we had three kids that were three and under and then got pregnant with the twins. And so when the twins were born, my oldest was five. Um, oh my goodness. It was just kind of like in a season that should have crushed my husband and I we flourished. Hey guys, I hope you're getting so much value out of the show. If you are loving it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. So you get notified when future episodes are released. And if you would take the next 30 seconds to leave a review, that would mean the world to me. And you can literally do it right now while you're listening to the show. Okay. Now let's get back to it. And I'm looking back and I'm like, God, like how, like, how did we flourish? And I can say from like this standpoint, it was because of what the Lord taught me in those years leading up. Like you get up and you get in God's word. I don't care if you're tired. I don't care if you had a kid up all night. I don't care if you're feeling sick, get in God's word. That is your weapon. Uh, He was cultivating that in me at the same time he was creating in me a desire to move my body and to take care of my physical health and just all the holistic reasons why that's, I mean, the, the thing that pieces me off is society has made working out so much about like be smaller, be smaller, be smaller. And it's like, that is nothing to do what I think what fitness is all about when you all encompassing. Um, but that was being developed. And at the same time I was growing in my career and I began to have kind of a clear direction of, I know what I'm good at. Um, so 2020 happened. And then it was kind of like, I was chomping at the bit to put a course out just like Like literally like if you're a horse that's like at the bit, that's like, God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. And for two and a half years, it was like, God was saying, not yet. Like, I'm not ready for that. You're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. And I am so thankful for that because I think if I would have been able to do things when I wanted to, like I've wanted to open a mindset coaching business. If I had been able to do it when I wanted, I think I would have fallen on my face because I wasn't Mm -hmm. ready. I wasn't ready for the discipline of working with the number of women that I am or the things and issues that we're talking about, or even like the behind the scenes stuff, like to run a business yeah. behind the scenes is way more than I think people realize. Um, and it wasn't until 
like this past February that like tons of prayer and everything went into it where I felt like it was finally a go ahead to start to write. And what was so fun is I was writing the things that I've taught hundreds of women for the last decade. And so it poured, you know, it pours out of you like water because at that point, like, it's like, it's just all, you know, all, you know, is teaching women how to, you know, how to redirect negative thoughts. And so that's how the mindset makeover program was created. Mindset coaching was, I think, I mean, I have so many amazing friends in my life that were like, Bethany, you need to do this. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, no, you have to sell yourself. I have to like talk about myself (laughs) and say why I'm good at it. And they're like, yeah, but you are good at it. So do it. And so that was kind of with it, that process. And, you know, it's fun to, I'm just rambling on and on here. This is so great. (laughs) This is the crazy thing about like, people are like, well, does that actually work? Yes, he does. And I'm going to tell you how he works. So, you know, I'm a therapist, right? Like our basis is helping people. We don't know how to run businesses. Like that's not what our hearts are about. And so I knew (laughs) I needed help. And I was going to, I go to MOPS or I have in the past. MOPS is Mothers of Preschool. It's a great connector. If you're a new mom, please find somewhere to connect with other new moms because it's so isolating and lonely. But I was going and it was a huge sacrifice to go. And I was sitting there and they brought up this speaker who had been recorded like months ago that they were sharing with us. And her name was Allie Worthington. And, you know, I'm sitting there watching this video and I'm like, I don't have time to watch this. Like, I don't have time. This is just, I can't do this. And I was like, I'm just going to look her up on Instagram. And so I looked her up on Instagram and I'm like, oh, she's a Christian business coach. And that morning I had been journaling and praying that God would provide a Christian influence to help me how to build a business in a way that would honor the Lord, go to MOPS, even though I don't want to. And she's there. And so I actually applied while sitting at MOPS, spent the whole time, like, you know, on my little phone, (laughs) um, applied and then started with her. And I didn't even know who she was at the time, but this is the crazy thing. I accepted, if she accepted my application, I started working with her. And then I found out that she had five boys and I was like, like, yeah, what are the odds? Yeah. Someone that can understand what it's like to have children so close together. And also boys are really hard. I know I'm not saying girls aren't, but the physical activity of overstimulation the constant movement of boys is like a barrage that unless you've experienced it, there's nothing like it. And you and have she, four she, boys I, and one girl? The four boys. I, I had my son was first and then I had a daughter and my daughter is like a breath of fresh air. She's like, mother, <laughs> what color can we bake? And the boys are like jumping on me from behind with like pillows and like <laughs> swords. And then I had a boy and then the twins are boys. So my three youngest are three boys less than two years apart with a set of twins in there. Um, So it's just, they have a blast, but having someone that understood that. But those are the little things when you look back, it's like, I could have forced little pieces, but if I would have forced pieces, I would have missed out on God providing the right people at the right time. Um, So fast forward, how fitness comes, comes into this is, you know, you grow up like, and I, I put out um, a workbook called How to Stop Hating Your Body. Mm-hmm. And it it was something written off of Genesis 1 and 2 and the concept of like who introduced body shame. And you go back to Genesis and it's like, you know, Satan comes in the form of the serpent. He meets Eve and Adam in the garden. Eve eats the fruit. And if you read that, like the first thing that Eve realized and Adam was that they were naked. 
And I don't know, something clicked in me this last spring that's like Satan loves to make us feel shame. And the first way he attacked them was realizing that their bodies were imperfect and something mm. to happen. And I don't think we should gloss that's so over. so good. Yeah. Still doing that now. Now with women that your body is less than it's something to hide, cover up, be better, do more, lose weight, look a certain way. If you do this, then you're going to be okay. Then you can control circumstances. So that was brewing too. And kind of my whole philosophy of working out has just changed in the last year and a half where I used to be primarily running marathons hit. And all of a sudden I realized like, I want to build. I want to be the healthiest version of myself and the healthiest for my body type is not the smallest. And so my whole form of lifting has changed and I've, you know, just really been working on that. And so that's kind of what's brought me to here, going back to school in the cracks of my day where I'm like, Lord, what am I doing? But I just, you know, it's like, well, if you're going to do it, I want to do it right. And so for me, that means I want to get my education. You know, I want to be able to be knowledgeable and do things the right way. And so that brings me to today. So today, oh my gosh, there's so many nuggets in there I could pull from, but I love like, even like, even your, the situation with like finding the business coach, the right business coach for you. And like those things that were set up, some people could say are coincidence. I don't believe they're coincidence. And like, that was directly set up like divine intervention right there. Um, but then also, I mean, I think you might've posted about this on a story recently or something too, but just like like sometimes it's like, God, I need your strength today. And like, cause like some of this, I don't know how to do. And I just need to like, I can't do it on my own. Like that's where, I mean, even when you said you got saved at 13, I got saved when I was uh, much, much younger than that. Like almost, almost vaguely even remember the memory of it, you know, but like, so like, I can imagine when you've had that experience up to that point and then how your life changed after that. And you're like, I don't ever want to go back to, to what life was before that. Um, And it's just amazing to me. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm so thankful for that because whenever I see my kids start to buck, like I see hardness of heart. I have Mm -hmm. so much compassion because I, I can still remember how that feels. Like I remember Mm -hmm. that anger and there's that resistance against the Lord. That's like, I will not surrender. I remember that. So to have that perspective, like I grew up, I even grew up in a Christian home, but I'm very thankful that I didn't personally make that decision until that age. Cause it was like the Holy spirit just wiped me. And I was like, all right, I thank you, Lord. Thank you. (laughs) Well, and that's just what even like, I'm just so amazed. Like the thought of having five under five at one point and now they're what two to three to three to eight. Um, but like in that season, like, do you think, what was it really? That was the backbone. Like, was that God? And was that your other, I know you talk some about discipline and whatnot, but like most people would crumble under that season of having the twins and like all that young of age children. But like, what do you feel like for you was that thing that like, or some of those things that really helped you guys actually thrive during that season. You don't hear that too often. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, yeah. And I think, first of all, my husband's a freaking saint. Uh, <laughs> he's very easygoing. And so I have the benefit of a husband where I can be like, hey, can you do this, this, and this? And he's like, yep, I'm on it. And he's not like, don't, you know, stop bossing me around. Like, he's like, how can I serve? Aww. That's my husband. And so I, I like can't stand when people make comments like, you're a superwoman. I'm like, do you know who I'm married to? <laughs> like, I have to stop with this. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I had a moment when I was pregnant with the twins. So there was a ton of fear during my pregnancy with the twins because my second and third children had had some heart complications and issues. And they had told us it was a fluke. It was one in a million chance that two children in the same family could have it. I, of course, in my anxious mind was like, absolutely not. This is going to happen again. 
Um, and then I was like, and if they're preemies, because the reason our kids were okay was because they were full term, they were healthy. I developed the story in my head that they were going to be preemies underweight and that it was going to be horrible. So actually when I left, left for the hospital to have the twins, I had a bag packed for two months because I had an expectation that they would be sick like our other kids were. Um, and our other kids are fine now. Like they, they're completely healed, completely normal kiddos, but I had a lot of fear. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table when I was pregnant with the twins and um, we were, I was listening to instrumental worship and the song, I don't know the name of the song, but it's, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you came on. Oh, so good. But I remember going up to the twins room, which was all set up and there were cribs on either side. And I remember just getting down on my knees and just being like, Lord, I look like I'm surrounded, you know, like everything feels so difficult and I'm so scared that these kids aren't going to be okay. Um, And just that song, like, it looks like I'm surrounded, but what I'm surrounded by is you. And so I think that was a huge turning point for me of like, Bethany, you have a choice. You have a choice to turn to the Lord or to try to rely on yourself. You rely on yourself, you're going to crash. And so it was like, that was a huge moment of being like, it's time. It's time for me to grow up a little bit and decide who I'm going to follow. If I say I follow Jesus, I have a choice to make. And so the choice I'm making today is, God, I have to trust you. Um, And long story short, my twins were like 39 weeks, seven and a half pounds each. And when they were born, there was 25 people in the operating room because we were ready to whisk them away to the NICU that each had their own team of NICU specialists. And I remember, you know, they take them out and they have them on the tables and they're like, they look fine. And I'm like, no, they're not. Like, you guys, please, you're like crazy lady laying on the bed. <laughs> like, your babies are okay. Um, but even just like, mm-hmm. that was huge for me, that experience. Um, and then I started, and I started this, I think it was after my second, but um, we've always had kids crawl into bed with us. And that's every family has a different philosophy on that. My personal philosophy is I want my kids to know if they're scared, our bed, they need to fall asleep alone, but our bed is an open spot for them. Mm. So that's just our philosophy. And at different times, you know, we've had beds on the floor. We've just been like, if you come in our room, don't wake me up on the floor, put a pillow and you're welcome to be in here, but you need to fall asleep on your own. And so probably every night we have a different kid in our bed and that it works for us. I know that doesn't work for everybody, but, um, there would be a kid in our bed in the morning then. And so I got in the habit of reading by flashlight. So for the last, oh goodness, like five, six years, my Bible time is by flashlight in my bed um, with a cup of coffee. And there is just something that's kind of switched is it didn't matter if my babies were in our room sleeping or if I was nursing because it was by flashlight. And so it kind of created like this habit for me of getting up early and reading my Bible alone in my bedroom with my flashlight, almost as if it's like this safe, safe space. So like now if no one's in my room, which happens maybe like three times a month, I'm like, should I turn the lights off? Like, <laughs> people read the Bible in the light? Like, yeah, I need my flashlight. <laughs> I have to, and I, I use my phone and I know I could get a headlamp, but it's like, there's, I don't know. I'm not a very particular person. I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. And so it works for me. But that carried me was the discipline of get up and get in God's word. And that's like, I see that so often. Is it's like, you know, I want to, I want to obey the Lord. I want a relationship with him. I'm like, but are you in his word? Oh, like, I don't have time for that. Like, I just, I sleep in. It's like, I, I, and this is going to sound super, I don't know what the word is for it, but I don't want to hear the complaints then, because if we are unwilling to do the one thing that we know will help us, like you go to, 
what is it? Psalms 119. It talks like, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your statutes? Like, I'm, I'm just going to pull that up quick because if we want to talk about yeah. what, like a healthy perspective of when you're wondering, like, how the heck am I supposed to live my life? Because things can get crazy and confusing. This She's is like, this I- is it. <laughs> no, that's what, um, I mean, Justin and I, my husband and I will do on our, um, on our morning walks. We'll do, have you ever done the Bible recap? Have you heard of that on podcast? I, oh, we're doing tried- that right now. Yep. You said you tried. <laughs> I tried. I don't love it. And that's the thing is like, if something doesn't work for you, it doesn't, you know, and it works for somebody else. That's great. That's great. But we, I mean, and that's the thing, like talking to the point of like, yeah, if you don't do the things that you know, you quote unquote should do like another thing for us, that's really easy to put off is like the community aspect for me, especially as business owners and, you know, work and whatnot. Like my church does a monthly meetup as for women. And I'm like, even that sometimes I'm like, oh, like, there's, it's at 7 PM on a Thursday night. And I'm like, Oh, I could like, I always have something that could get in the way. And this month I almost didn't go. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I went, but it's like those things that, you know, will feed you, but then also you have that tug to everything else. And you can make a thousand excuses to not do too. And that goes back to like intentional living, like being willing to be active in your thoughts and asking yourself the question of like, what is the decision I could make that is actually going to bring the outcome that I want? And people don't want to do that because it's work. It's work. It takes work. But this is what Psalm 119 says. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your word. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your word. With your lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight. I meditate on your word. Fix my eyes on your way. Delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I don't know how more clear it can be. Like we have all these questions like, God, what should I do with my life? Lord, what workout program is right? I mean, how many people literally are like, don't start. Cause they're like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like if God wants me to work out, I'm like, just read his word. Yeah. <laughs> like worry about all that stuff later. Like at the basis, like get in his word. So what yes. kind of carried me through what broke other people was his word. Um, And so my good. flashlight and my so with good. Well, and I was going to chuckling, but you what? <laughs> with two kids nursing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. How do you do the flashlight and the kids at the same like? <laughs> no, I, I probably had some. I, I could see myself doing this. Who knows? <laughs> I, found, I blocked that out. I blocked that out. I don't even remember anymore. Well, and I was going to, one question I had for you too, is like, what do you see? You kind of touched on this earlier, but like, um, as even like with some of the women that you work with, like, what are, what are some common themes or patterns that you see that they struggle with most and that they're facing? Um, I think one that you mentioned was just even the negative thought patterns. So like, what is, what do you really see most? Like whether it's mamas or just women in general, like some of those really common themes that most are struggling with and like, um, working through. Yep. Well, I think it's easy. Let's say you've tried something before and you failed at it. It doesn't matter what age that happened. You develop a mentality of it just doesn't work for me. I'm not good at it. It works for other people. I could never be successful. So we discredit and we discount ourselves. Um, And the whole thing, a firm belief that I have is that I call those narratives that we create. And then we develop life patterns off of these narratives that we've created without stopping to realize like those may not even be accurate, first of all, not truthful, but also God may want to recreate your narratives. And so something Mm -hmm. I'm really big on is let's recreate it. Like let's recreate the story. 
you've built your life upon the lie that things just don't work out for you. Well, what if you're learning that the right things work out for you? You know, that changes the feeling you have about a decision. Because if I believe things don't work out for me ever and I'm just a failure, I feel discouraged and down. If I believe the right things can happen for me in God's timing, I'm hopeful. I have more perspective of calm. And then when circumstances come, I'm more able to be like, you know what, that just didn't work out, but that's okay. Mm, So that's the thing that we work on a lot with women. And the other thing I would say is like, and I probably see like 15-ish women a week. Um, The other thing is just body image stuff is rampant. Um, And it's just, it's huge. And it doesn't matter if you've had kids or you haven't had kids. It doesn't matter if you have a perfect body, not that there ever is, but that's not even it at all. It's our belief about my worth is if I hit this weight, my worth is if I look this way. It's like our worth is not dependent on any of that. Our worth is dependent on who Christ says you are. And what's my definition of fit? My definition of fit is health. Mm. Meaning I can keep up with my kids. It means my blood pressure and cholesterol within what I can control, I can do. It's not weighing 125 pounds on the scale. And that I think is a huge thing that pops up. It's like, well, I want to be 130 pounds. And so I'm super discouraged. I'm a failure. I can't get there. I'll never get there. And it's like, who told you 130 pounds was the best thing for you? Is that the healthiest place mentally for you or spiritually or emotionally? Because it's holistic. And so that's some of the stuff I really work on too, is let's redefine what that goal is because a certain weight or a certain body fat percentage won't bring happiness. So if you're trying to do that, you're going to fall flat every time. Yes. And like, I love what you said earlier too, about the, like going back to, I've never really thought about it that way. And with women and body image, but going back literally to Genesis of like, what was the first thing that they were ashamed of? Like their bodies. I'm like, that's so interesting to think about, to think about that. But yeah, it's like reframing that mindset and even going from, um, like, I, this is something that's come up for me that in the past week, different things like me asking myself, like, instead of like, you know, a question opens up your mind, a statement closes your mind. And, and oftentimes we're like thinking, you know, oh, I can't do that. That won't ever work for me instead of going like, how can I do that? How can I make that work for me? Or like, oh, I can't afford that instead going, how can I afford that? You know, it's like, it's just opening up your mind. And I think that's where it's like shifting from the negative or like the closed mindedness to like, what are the possibilities for me? And that might look different for me versus another woman. Uh, but that's really powerful and amazing. And that's one thing if with, you guys have to go follow her on social media, but um, like, that's one thing you're like, I don't know why people followed me. I'm just a mom with my kids, you know, running around naked in the yard. But I'm like, the, that's also why is because I think your story, you know, is so, um, you know, relatable for so many women. And also you speak from that place of like, I'm not striving for perfection. I'm just working with what I got, um, which is just like very encouraging for so many. Um, and I know we have very little time left. So with respect to that, I would love for you to just touch on, um, like, I know you had mentioned going from kind of being like the insecure doubting mom to like a confident and disciplined mom and like what that transition looked like for you. Was that like a hundred percent just Jesus or was that, were there other things that really helped you out? Like going from the insecure and doubting mama to like now where you're at with your confidence and discipline. Yep. Well, confidence essentially is built in following through and what you say you're going to do. So I think that's where we get it. Like so many people get it wrong. It's like, I will be more confident when I look this way or when I have this, it's like confidence essentially is built is when I tell myself when an alarm gets off and getting up, I'm getting out of bed. I hit, I I do hit snooze four times, but I set my alarm 40 minutes earlier. 
I do it on purpose. I love snooze. Snooze is like my favorite I love thing snooze. <laughs> but I know I'm going to do it. Um, my, my husband is never- <laughs> like, why do you do that? It works for me. And, um, but discipline, I think in that confidence is built on that day-to-day decision and asking yourself the question, do I like the decisions I'm making? Because if I am proud of the decisions and my core community is, and it's in accordance with God's word, I have a hundred percent confidence in it. And so, so somebody can come at me, like I've been come at in social media so much about expressing my faith and like, what does faith have to do with fitness? And like, let me blow your mind, like, like sit down together. Um, but you know, these two that I haven't brought up is I'm a revelation wellness fitness instructor. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. With what? What is it? Revelation wellness. Uh-uh. Lisa Keaton, you guys, please go follow her on social media because she has been a huge mentor of mine from afar. But a couple of years ago, I went through her, her instructor training program. I literally swore when I do it, I would, I was like, I swear I will never make a fitness program is what I said. <laughs> now it's only two years later. I'm like, whatever. It's fine. God changes. <laughs> our mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> a huge thing. And her is it's progress over perfection. And it's your body tells a good story and God's part of that story. And so her whole ministry of fitness and sharing the gospel through fitness has really, really been a huge catalyst for me and being so outspoken with why I'm not going to disconnect my faith from fitness. Let's be real. I could have a much bigger Instagram following if I did things differently. And I know Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, If I was less outspoken about my faith or if I worded things differently or posted different videos, we all know how to get followers. Well, some of us unfortunately have (laughs) hard way, but those are things I won't do. I'm not going to remove my faith from fitness because to me, then it's just one of my, I'm training a body for fitness. that's going to decay and die anyways. Like how that should be my end goal. It's not. My goal is how can I glorify God with my body? And right now that looks like I'm going to work the crap out of my body because I love it because I I love it. Because it's fun to challenge myself because it's a way of expressing my creativity. It's a way of saying, Lord, here I am. Let's do this. Like, I'm going to up my weights today. Like, personally, I like working for muscles. It's yes. fun. But it's, it's fun. not because of lack, because I'm less than. It's from a place of like, God, this is awesome. Thank you so much. So Revelation Wellness has been a huge catalyst for that. Go check them out. Just Amazing. their ministry and their heart for incorporating, like, what does the gospel have to say about this is huge. So amazing. Okay. Definitely going to have to check them out. I feel like I might've scrolled across them at some point. Cause you know, the algorithm again, hits me with that stuff that I'll probably be interested in. Um, but definitely we'll have to check that out. Um, but I appreciate your time so, so, so much. Um, what, if, if you were to leave, like if the mama's listening or even just the women in general, I'm not a mama myself yet. Um, but you know, what would you say, you know, if you just were to leave like one or two words of encouragement, like what would you, what would you say from like one mama's heart to the next? Um, and what would you kind of leave them with today? I would say don't wait to, and this is like a cheesy thing, but don't wait to schedule joy. Don't wait to take that next step. Don't wait till circumstances look favorable because you will just be waiting forever. You're going to have to take imperfect steps, especially for the mom sitting back listening to this who has had some kids. She's 40 pounds overweight. She's diastasis. Her core is shot. And she's like, well, it's just over for me. It's like, no, drink water. No, go for a walk. Do the little things you know you can do until God opens up an opportunity for the next thing. And then you take that next step. But you have to take the first step in front of you. And sometimes that looks like a five-minute walk because that's all you can 
squeeze in. Um, you okay. know, the whole analogy is like, like dropping water into a cup and you have an eyedropper and each drop is so minuscule and you're like, it doesn't make a difference. I don't need to do it. It's like, it does make a difference because it's that discipline of every small drop you put adds up, up over a period of time until your cup is overflowing. Oh, that's so good. I love that analogy and the scheduled joy. I've actually never, you're like, this is cheesy. I'm like, I've never heard anyone say it that oh, way. Cheesy. <laughs> it's tricky for me. It looks like sometimes I turn, I just sit and I'm like, I'm just going to watch my kids play and I'm going to enjoy them. And I know it sounds like what you're, you're going to just like sit and watch them, but it's like, I do that probably every day where I just sit in a chair. I'm not playing with them. I'm just enjoying them. I'm talking to them. I'm letting them play. And I'm just being like, thank you, Lord. Like, this is what I dreamed about. Thank you for the opportunity to get to live it out. Oh, so good. So, so good. Well, thank you so much. And now you have to jump on another call here in a second. So I appreciate your time so much. And then I will also link in the show notes um, where everyone can find you too. So both for your um, mindset makeover course, and then also where you guys can find her on social media as well. So thank you so much, Bethany, for being here. You are welcome. And thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the muscle makeover. I hope you're getting so much value out of it. If you enjoyed the show, please rate review and share this podcast so we can reach more people and impact more lives. Also take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to your stories and tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have a question or comment about the show, feel free to message me. My social media handles are in the show notes. Make it an amazing day, you guys. And remember, you are loved and you are worthy just as you are.